So I'm not wearing a t-shirt this morning. You can turn this down a little bit, Mike. I'm going to be loud. I, I thought there would be cheers because I didn't wear a t-shirt this morning. Because everybody gets on to me because I lift my arms or whatever, and you see my belly coming through. And you know, I thought the problem was our dryer was shrinking my clothes, but the whole time it was the refrigerator. Wow. Wow. You know. Did, y'all, did I tell you all the difference between the uh, fly, swine flu and, and the bird flu? One requires a tweetment and the other one an oinkment. Oh, no, this fix it get even worse. Do you know what the janitor said whenever he jumped out of the closet? Supplies. Look, I only know 25 letters in the alphabet. I don't know why. Half of you got it, the other half are like. I put the mic down on purpose. It's like I'm done. I'm I'm done. You want some more jokes? I got some more jokes. I got some great ones. But the oinkment and the tweetment, that's just funny to me. I don't know why that's so funny, but that thing makes me laugh. James chapter 2. I have been, <laughs> I've been accused of so many things by this church. <laughs> this church is, has, has accusations aplenty, a, a plethora of accusations against, against Greg. I have been told... Not on one occasion, not on two, yet on many different an occasion by many different a person who attends here that I do not prepare messages. That what I do is, is I show up unprepared and I just let the music just continue on and on and on and then lay hands on everybody, do some sort of thing in the Holy Spirit because I'm not prepared with a message. Can you believe this? These are the things that I hear during the week. Yes, yes, you, yes, you particularly, right back over here, yes. The Bray family. So, I am going to preach until football starts. We will be here to 2 o'clock this afternoon. Get ye ready. Be ye prepared for a word in due season and then yet another word in due season and then yet another word in due season and then yet again another word in due season. How sweet they all will be. (laughs) Huh? Oh, I am completely unprepared this morning. Completely. Michael, or Miss Marvelee, Do you have James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26? Lots of word this morning. Oh my gosh, we're going to go over a lot of it. This is a simple, simple, simple message. I wanted to bring something just so complex and difficult to understand and make you all sit there and go, huh? I wanted that so bad, but God would not let me bring my vengeance But vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I shall repay. So get ye ready. (laughs) However, I do believe that it is a word that we need to hear. 
and I do think it's time. We are a do-something church. We can't ever get away from that. We can't ever forget that. This is a do-something message, which is the simplest thing you will ever hear come from this pulpit. However, if you want to miss things in the kingdom of God, you're going to miss it here. You're going to miss it here. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, and this is in the New Century Version. Is that the, yeah, that's it. My brothers and sisters, spit on the microphone. If people say they have faith but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Can faith like that save them? Well, of course, the answer is no. A brother or sister in Christ might need clothes or food. If you say to that person, God be with you, I hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat, but you don't give, that, give what that person needs, your words are worth nothing. In the same way, faith by itself that does nothing is dead. Someone might say, you have faith, but I have deeds. Show me your faith without doing anything, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there is one God, good, but the demons believe that too, and they tremble with fear. You foolish person, must you, show, must you be shown that faith that does nothing is worth nothing? Abraham, our ancestor, was made right by God by what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. So you see that Abraham's faith and the thing he did worked together. His faith was made perfect by what he did. This shows the full meaning of the scripture that says Abraham believed God and God accepted Abraham's faith and that faith made him right with God. And Abraham was called God's friend. So you see that people are made right with God by what they do, not by faith only. Another example is Rahab, a prostitute who was made right with God by something she did. She welcomed the spies into her home and helped them escape by a different road. Just as a person's body does not have a, that does not have a spirit is dead, so faith that does nothing is dead. Church is the biggest downfall of the Christian life. Church will ruin a good Christian. This place will create, not this place, but the church itself will create an atmosphere of doing nothing but showing up on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and sometimes on Wednesday night to sit and listen to a message and become hearers only and not doers. Paul just said, look at the architecture. I'm the only one doing anything. Do you get it? Do I even need to continue? Can I close it down at 11 o'clock and everybody leave out of here and understand what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to say to this body today? Faith that does not have action attached to it is not faith at all. Amen, amen. Not at all. Next week, we will have baptisms. 
You know what that includes? Baptism is nothing more than an outward showing of what took place on the inside of somebody. What took place on the inside of them is they were made new creations in Christ. Why? Because they believed a thing or had faith, and they, they actually believed it and said and did something with it, and that created in them a brand new existence that never before was. The, the, the actual step of becoming a Christian includes doing something with what you believe. The first step to be able to, 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 to come, not even just to be able to come in here, but the first step to call yourself an actual Christian, to say, I am like Christ. That first step included you doing something with what you believe. And we take that step and then we stop. And we won't do anything else with what we believe. We sit back and we wait for God to do something from the rest of that point. We did something to get into the kingdom and then we do nothing to stay there. Wow. Y'all wanted some preaching. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's up here asking for more jokes now. I don't want to come across it. I'm not angry. But I'm, I'm, I'm not even passionate. I, I just can't get this out enough. We've been sitting too long. This church, the church itself, the entire body of Christ has been sitting too long. Get up! Do something with what you believe. Make change in your life. Make change in somebody else's life. Move upon what you say you believe things to be. Act like it's true. Act like it's true and watch God meet you every step of the way. My Lord, everybody in the Bible, everybody in the Bible, I even went through here, just real quick. Yeah, you know where I'm going. <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going. I, look, I, I actually wrote a message. I, I did it. Mandy, tell Terry I did a message. Those of you on Facebook making little comments. Message. Michael. I mean, I'm going to call all y'all out. You keep talking about me. I'll call you out from up here on this pulpit. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And in there it lists all of these names that we know. And each and every one of them did something by faith. Abraham, or excuse me, Abel offered a sacrifice by faith. Abel, y'all remember Abel? Cain's brother, Cain killed him. Am I my brother's keeper? Enoch, he actually pleased God in his life. He did something with what he believed. Noah built an ark. It had never rained before. You do realize that. Prior to the ark, it had never rained he built an ark because he thought it was going to rain. Everybody's like, it's going to what? It's going to rain. And I believe it. 
So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something about it. The thing was 43 feet tall. I mean, it took forever. You think about that. The ark was like, what, 400 feet long, 40 foot tall, 70-something feet wide. The thing was massive. The man built it because there was water coming. And everybody's like, water? Yeah, I believe it. Abraham, he went out and he received an inheritance that he had never seen. He went out to take an inheritance of something he had never laid eyes on. Just because God said. God said he could have it. Oh, okay. And he started walking. He left his family. He, or not his family, his, where he grew up at. He left his people. He left his hometown to go get an inheritance. That he had never seen. Then God said, hey, you want more? Yeah, give me your son. Let me have him. And he did that too. Y'all with me? He didn't stay at home and sit on his duff in, in, the, <laughs> in a church service saying, man, that sure sounds good. He actually got up and did something with what God said. Y'all going to have to forgive me. This is my last time, ain't it, Paul? It's over. It's over. Next one, we'll just have a worship service and everybody will feel good. Sarah actually received strength to conceive a child. Old lady, older than anybody in here, conceived a child. Moses, he actually refused to live a life that had been imposed upon him. He refused to live the life that was imposed upon him. He actually did something instead of sitting back and going, well, I guess that's just the way it is. Hmm. Sure is quiet in this little little Presbyterian church. <laughs> we talked about it in the scripture, Rahab, she helped the spies. These are all people that are listed in, that, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11. Whose names have been in there for thousands of years. And after we're all gone, names will still be in there. And then God said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So heaven can pass away and go away, and these names will still be listed in here. Why? Because they did something with what they believed. They actually did something with it. Woman with the issue of blood. Y'all know the story. She heard about Jesus. She had had an issue of blood, which I don't know what that means, but it had something wrong with her body. The doctor said you cannot get any better. 
So what she decided to do was take all the medicine that the doctor said she needed to take, went home and lay down in the bed and died. Is that the story? No. What did she do? She heard about Jesus. She believed that all she had to do was touch the hem of his garment and she would be made whole. And she got up off of her tail and went and found him and touched the hem of his garment and experienced a healing in her body. And now all the things that she had been told that they were and what they were going to be, all of those things didn't matter anymore because one person decided to do what God said they needed to do. She got up. She got up and went in and found the hymn. Of, she didn't tell, and y'all know the story. As soon as she, I've heard that it's on that show, The Chosen, that everybody's all watching, right? That she even touched him. And on the show, he stops and says, whoa, who touched me? You want to have the power of God operate in your life? You want, you want to, this, this is where you come to find out how it works. This is not where you come to see it work. You want to see it work? You get out there in the press. <laughs> you go where God tells you to go. And you begin to do what God tells you to do. And, and Jesus will stop in his tracks. All it takes is a person that believes a thing. And acts upon it. Faith is an act. Faith is an act. Faith moves. Faith is an action. Faith is, faith is not a noun. Faith is a verb. That thing moves. It's got feet to it. Luke chapter 5. Go to Luke chapter 5, 17. We'll read this one. I'm burning up y'all's time this morning. We got football. I'm coming. I'll be there in a minute. It's, it's almost like I could sense the windows of heaven opening up and every voice calling out, what's the problem? You got a hundred million angels up there according to Revelations. And then it says thousands upon thousands beyond that. And every voice crying out, what's the problem? Oh, there's such a job to do. There's such a job to do. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 5, verse 17, is it up there? Okay, let me catch my breath. It's just, you know, I just, mm.
we, we, we all, first one in line, get caught up with what we are doing and what's going on and what's going on in life and what's going on at work and what's going on at the house. And, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't take care of these things. We should. We need to take care of these things. It is important that we live a, a good life in such a way that we take care of our business, okay? There are things that we are supposed to take care of, especially men. We have been put here to be lovers, leaders, and providers. We are to do that thing. That's what we're here to do. But we cannot allow that to encompass us and to distract us so much that we don't pay attention to the primary voice in our lives. And that is the voice of God. That is the sound of heaven. The sound of heaven. And I believe that heaven has been crying out pre-COVID. What's the problem? Let's move. Let's go. Heaven's been calling out before before COVID ever even hit. And then COVID came in and, man, we just went in a bottle. We got in a bottle and we just decided we were going to stay right there. It feels good to stay home. And we're just now starting to come out. And I just, man, I sense it, everything in me. The Spirit of God just crying out. Let's go. We got people. Man, I'm sorry. We got people that used to sit in these seats in here that don't come in here no more. You want to know why? Because they ain't doing nothing. You want to know why they ain't doing nothing? Because they wouldn't get up off their duff to go do what they knew God asked them to do. I got friends that ain't doing nothing for God. Nothing that used to shake the world. Why? Because they quit doing. They stopped moving. Got complacent and began to go to church. I'm sorry, as long as I got something to do around here, this ain't going to be no church. Not like that. We're either going to get up and go do something or we're going to shut it down. We'll be done. We'll go do something else, Bubba. Y'all feeling me? Love you. I promise you. I love you. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now, it happened that on a certain day, as he was teaching, this is talking about Jesus, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law standing by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal all of them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and led him down in his bed through the tiling uh, into the midst before Jesus. Now when he saw, this is talking about Jesus, saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, Who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who could forgive sins but God alone? But, the, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, You know, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, 
to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been laying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God, and they were all amazed. Effort. Can you see the effort in this story? A man was paralyzed, could not move, knew that he needed to get to Jesus to be better, asked some friends to take him there. These friends used their effort, picked him up and carried him from his house to the place where Jesus was, got there and there wasn't a parking place and there wasn't no seats, sold out. And you know what they did? They actually climbed on top of the building where the Jesus was talking and cut a hole in the ceiling and put the man down in front of Jesus so that he could see him and Jesus could see them. And it even says that Jesus, when he saw their what? They believed something and then they did something with it. And not only did they do something, they put some effort behind it. Like I said, there wasn't no parking spaces. They pulled up and they couldn't park on the parking lot. They had to park across the street. Y'all with me? Then they came up to the door and they tried to get in the door. They couldn't. There's people all around the door. They couldn't get in. So one of them had to go looking around the building, I'm sure, to find a ladder. Some way of getting up on the roof. Hey, man, there's a spot we can get up on the roof right here. So they all put, are y'all with me? This didn't happen like that. This, it's not like it is in the TV shows and in the movies. This real life. This real life right here. If you're one of the four, would you really go all the way through that? How many of us have been with friends that are in a bad spot and you show up somewhere and it's like, man, I don't know, there's a lot of people here. Let's go get something to eat. Effort. This thing that God is calling us to do and has called us to do and asked us to do is not a one-day thing. It's not a one-second thing. Where's that at, Lord? What do I put down? It's in pink. I put colors in here this morning. Walt Disney said the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Bill Rogers. I don't know who Bill Rogers was. To be a consistent winner means preparing not just one day, one month or either one year, but for a lifetime. See, God's not called us to go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's not what he's called us to do. Now, is that part of our equipping? Sure. Shouldn't we come in here and learn stuff? Yes. Should we come in here and fellowship and get recharged? Of course. Yeah. You Iron sharpens iron. We're supposed to spend time with each other. We ain't called us come up in here on Wednesdays and Sundays. 
That's just silly. It would be silly for me to think that God has called me to come in here and sit over there on Sunday mornings and to sit in the coffee shop on Wednesday nights and that be it. That's a little bit on the dumb side. I ain't calling y'all dumb. I'm talking about me. Is this sticking at all? Those guys with the paralyzed, and then the paralyzed dude. It says that when Jesus said, take up your bed, rise and walk, do you know what he did? He got up. You want to know why he got up? Because he did something with what he believed. I say it all the time. What y'all doing right now? What are y'all doing right now? Every last one of you, what you doing right now? You're sitting. Every last one of you sitting right now. Did you even think about that chair holding you up? No. You just knew it was going to hold you up. You believed it and you sat on it. My God, at the faith that you have. Every last one of you are faith giants. You could change the world. Every last one of you changed the world because you just proved that you believe in something. You didn't test it. Did you test the chair to make sure? Did anybody check the chair just to make sure the legs were good before you sat down? Anybody in here? You did. You checked the chair. You did. Okay, sweetheart. We love you. I got one. The rest of you, faith giants. We could save everybody on the planet with everyone in this room right now. That's well beyond mustard seed faith. Well beyond. Because you like, you like had to like really like let gravity and your booty work together to get in there. You know what I mean? It's kind of like free falling a little bit. A little Tom Petty moment. You know? That was for you. Huh? Oh my gosh. I'm a bit let's move on. Let's move on. No, we're moving on. Joseph is starting stuff up here for those of you that can't hear, and we're not going to get into it. So what do we do, Greg? All right. St. Francis of Assisi. Y'all know who he is? Yeah, we've heard of him, Greg. He was a Catholic priest. He's a saint now. Don't know what that means, but it means something really, really, really cool. And they call him St. Francis of Assisi because he was from Assisi, and his name is Francis. Okay? And he's a saint. He's a pretty cool guy. He's the one that said, uh, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. He was quoted as saying that. He also said this, start by doing what is necessary. Then do what is possible. And suddenly, you will find yourself doing the impossible. Our first step here, guys, is doing what's necessary. What is necessary in your life? Everybody needs to do a heart check this morning. I did mine before I got here. I was up at 2.30 this morning, getting ready. I had no idea that it was going to be this strong. 
in me. I don't know if it's being communicated that way, but it's strong in me. What's necessary is a heart check. Why is it that you are doing what you are doing? Why? Remember the 25 letters in the alphabet? I don't know why. It's necessary for us to check our hearts. It's necessary for us to look at self every day. It's necessary for us to not just glance in the mirror to see what kind of per- person we are. James chapter 1 says, says don't, don't just kind of glance in the mirror, but to look intently, to bend over and to peer deeply into the Word of God to find out who we are. It is necessary every single day of your life to check your heart. Why are you doing what you are doing? Whose glory are we seeking here? Yours or his? Clean it up. God is ready to use you. Clean it up. He's wanting to use you. He is prepared to use you. He is looking forward to using you. Clean it up now, immediately. Do what's necessary. Do it. It wouldn't be necessary if it wasn't necessary. Then the next step is do what's possible. Jody's got a great message What's in your house? And all it was was, I need to start something. And God said, hey, what's in your house to get started? Well, hey, I know how to make cheesecakes. Look at her now. What's possible? Each and every one of you have possibilities beyond belief. Each and every one of you have gifts and talents far beyond anything that I could ever fathom. What is possible in your life? Is it as simple as smiling at the grocery store? Is it that simple? Do what's necessary. Then find out what's possible. Begin to do that. And you'll find yourself doing the impossible, which is changing the world for him. Amen? Is this sticking this morning? I think I'm done. I got a whole lot more, but I think I'm done. I'm just I'm waiting to make sure. <laughs> I do. I have a whole lot more. Look, I got a bunch of notes. There's notes. I got notes for days. I got at least three more scriptures. Don't I, Michael? But I think we're finished. Please do what's necessary, especially you men. You guys pony up. Get it right. Get it right. And then let's do what we can do. Amen. Start doing the things that God's asked us to do. Have some real faith out there. Not nothing fakey phony. I'm tired of churchy. Been saying it for years, I'm tired of churchy. 
nothing fakey and phony anymore. Something real. To where you walk into heaven and Moses walks up to you and goes, wow. How'd you do that? Or Joshua walks up to you and goes, man, I watched you do that. And Jesus does what he says he's going to do. Come on in, good and faithful servant. That's the reward. Amen. Let's all stand. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus.